Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Craig. And this week we are getting back because uh, we didn't take a hiatus per se. We just had a delayed release because I whiffed for about five days. It was the holidays. Yeah, I was home drinking, enjoying Christmas, enjoying New Year's. I think I put it up on New Year's or like the day before New Year's. It was like right on the cusp of it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you know, instead of it being week to week to week, it was more like uh, almost two weeks and then a week and a half to this one, which is not bad. You know what? Holidays. Everybody's, uh, everybody's clear to get do their thing. And... But we're back with Watchmen. Watchmen. Chapter six. Uh, episode issue. Chap- chapter. The Abyss Gazes Also, which is almost not enough words to be a title for a chapter, but it works. Yeah. Uh, especially with the quote, which we'll do at the end. We always do that at the end, but yeah. I don't know. It just feels like one of those sort of things where you're missing context on that quote. Not the point. Uh, Rorschach. 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 Uh, the whole issue here. So we're finally... I think we've had this happen twice now. Um with the Manhattan episode episode. Well, you know what? Technically saying episodes isn't wrong because yeah. I could be referring to our episode of the podcast, not like I'm calling this a TV series. But the Also um, it doesn't have to be a medium that you watch for it to be episodic. True. True. But I don't think they intend to have these So episode's just a fill in word? Uh I mean Well you could also Describe, like, a mood you're in, like, uh, oh, yeah, you have an episode. Right, yeah. right. When people have, like, a really bad night, they're like, oh, I had an episode last night or whatever. So, yeah, there, there is a more distinct definition of it, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Hey, we're not doctors. Yeah. I didn't ask you for your PhD in Webster's Dictionary, which I'm sure someone has. Probably. I didn't ask for it. Uh, but what I am asking for, oh, yeah, that which is basically just... yeah. I know the dictionary. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Jesus Christ. How's working at Starbucks going? Did That's you know right. that neophilia means to love things that are new or novel? I could have put that together if you'd given me enough time, but no, I didn't. Mm. Uh, I finally learned um, the proper phobia that I experience in my day-to-day life. Salacophobia. Oh. Fear of sharks. Mm. I never knew the name of it. I've lived with it for 20 plus years and never thought to look up the phobia name of it. Salacophobia. Did you know that cromulent is now an actual word? I did. I learned that at work the other day and it was rather cromulent. Yes. Yeah. Quite cromulent, Mm. you would say. And what was the other one? Embiggen. Yeah, embiggen. Still not a word. No. And I've heard it before. I've never seen it spelt out. So it looked... Like a word that would mean, you know, something ridiculous. To make larger. Yeah, but I've heard it, but I've never seen it, and it didn't look like... Like, to me, the spelling of it is like, you know, enbiggen. Like, you know, when you, that prefix to words, or enbiggen. So I always put like an E-N space and then biggen, B-I-G-G-E-N. And then when it was spelled out, E-M-B-I-G-G-E-N, right? Is that yep. how you guys spelled it? All in one word. Messed with my head. <laughs> Sent me for a complete loop. Didn't know what I was looking at. That's all right. School. It schooled me. School. Yeah, I have a very big problem with the word school. Maybe because I got hit by a school bus. S-C-H-O-O-L? Yeah. 
If I look at it too many times, I get all... Oh, right. Yeah, so that's hate, why you do that all yeah, the time. Yeah, I hate the word school. school. It really doesn't land with me, but... Um, and Biggin did that to me, so maybe now I'll start embiggening things. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my font larger, but do school, so I'm embiggening school. Mm. You'll get it. Yeah, I will. DJ will get it because he listens. No one else will get it. Stupid nerds. Yeah, That's what they get for not being real friends. They might as well be Brits as far as we're concerned. Oh, yeah, stupid, stupid fucking Brits. Fucking Brits. This uh, issue of Watchmen, Chapter 6, is all about, which we've had one... Oh, that's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, I got back. Um, we've had maybe two issues that were singularly focused on one character, and that would be this one and Dr. Manhattan. Because, yep. like, the comedian one had multiple stories, and it was from perspectives of other people, so you kind of got a nice little whatever... Um, the very the first one is all about Rorschach going around talking to all these different people. Uh, the last one, I don't even remember what it was about. Oh, yeah, Ozymandias and Dan and Rorschach and the Black Freighter, yada, yada. Yep. So this is only the second issue, like the Dr. Manhattan Through Time one, where we're focused on one character and their uh, discussions and whatnot. Technically, two, because it gives us all of the information about... Uh, Dr. Malcolm, the, the psychiatrist and char- therapist? Uh, psychiatrist? Psycho, uh, psychoanalyst. Psycho- psychoanalyst, right. Yes. He's a, a, an analytical therapist. Yes, an anal rapist, if you will. An rapist. An The only one in the land. So he's the psychiatrist. So technically we're getting both of their stories. Obviously that's done intentional. When you're reading the greatest book of all time, you know everything's got a purpose. Um, yeah, but... Uh, his, uh, Malcolm's Doctor Malcolm's story definitely it continues entirely on, on uh, Walter Kovacs. Yep. Um, which we got his name at the end of last one, or I don't think we did. His name is Walter Kovacs. Yep. Um, I believe well, the last one's literally just my face. If we're going by the alter carbon pronunciation, it's Kovach. Isn't really. Yep. I don't like that. That's the name of the main character of that series. Oh, is it really? Yep. Walter Kovach. No, just Kovach. Oh, jeez. I was like, oh, was you, huh? And I, uh, okay. I don't like Kovach. Although, actually, that is probably what his name is spelled like anyways, or said like. All sorts of random European nonsense riddled in yeah. here. If it's not the English, Polish and whatnot. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with it, okay? It can be, you know, it can't... Everyone says, you know, white people have all the privilege. It's like, no, 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 no. English white people have it all. Yeah. These European white people... Good riddance, which is British people too now, even though they're English white people. What yeah. I'm saying is racism is alive and well right here. Yeah. Which is why Lori had to change her name. Uh, no, wait, Sally changed her name. Yeah, Chispezic yeah. to Jupiter. So, uh, yeah, you, you get uh, the start of this issue is um, one of the more famous Watchmen issues, actually, or imageries. Um, it's Dr. Malcolm talking to Walter for the very first time and he's all bubbly and hyped up and he's like, oh man, if I could, if I can figure out this, if I can figure out Rorschach, I'll be famous. Like this, this will be everything. And I'm a good person and people say I'm good with people even, yeah, uh, is beyond the grasp of a good psychoanalyst and they tell me I'm very good, good with people. Like he's really bubbly and he shows him the ink blot test and the bottom left panel is one of the most popular images from Watchmen in total. He's looking at the ink blot and he asks him what he sees, and it shows you what he sees in his head, and it's a dog with its face split right down the center. Yeah. And he all he responds is a pretty butterfly, because he's just fucking with him. Oh, this is uh, actually where it points out what I was talking about uh, the very first issue of how I read Rorschach is from this page right here where he goes, uh, 
first interview uh, with Kovacs, he's more disturbed than I heard, but I'm optimistic. He's very withdrawn with no expression in either face or voice. Yep. So that's kind of why I do the whole, like, the gruff of the movie is still gruff. And I'm like, no, he wouldn't have that even. He wouldn't even have the effort of growling. He would just talk. Like, just, you remember, you, you remember in middle school when you would do popcorn reading in class and you'd get the kid who really, really oh, didn't want to read? Yeah. So they would just be like, first interview with Kovacs, he's even more disturbed than I heard, but I'm optimistic. Like, that's what I picture Rorschach. And that explanation right there kind of helps uh, back it up for me. Or if you're reading it yourself and you read that part, whatever. You would have already read a ton of dialogue of Rorschach by that point, but point remains. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, we know he feels emotion, he just doesn't know how to express emotion. And he's also incredibly selective of when he does. Because yeah. he's not an idiot. If there's one thing Rorschach is, it's not dumb. He's not really fallible in any major way, other than his ignorances. But yeah. from an intelligence standpoint, he knows when he, you're, you're worthy of his time. Well, you I can guess. see it, like uh, the written pieces at the end of this chapter, mm -hmm. uh go more into like the background of his childhood right. and at his uh yeah we can kind of talk about the back of it while we do this because yeah. it elaborates oh yeah it, go it goes with yeah. it perfectly like when he is at the uh the boys home right they uh, the note of the memoranda or whatever detailing his time there says that uh he was very gifted at school especially when it came to like literature and yeah, religious studies he excelled in language and religion and yet the rorschach we know now is short brief and incredibly nihilistic which will actually get to the scene it, yeah. where he becomes that way so he could have been you know so much more so that's why when he's choosing to uh the cat playing with his mouse he, he's aware of what he's doing i i, I think full-heartedly he's aware so oh yeah he, he knows what a normal person sees when they look at it and he knows to say that yeah so he tells him you know oh, it's or he's, he's a pretty he's, butterfly so this entire yeah. pretty butterfly <laughs> this whole uh issue chapter takes place kind of from the notes of dr malcolm so you do get the you know from the journal of rorschach date whatever whatever yep. you get that here but from malcolm and it starts off like this and it kind of changes yeah. time goes on but you know he's writing to himself oh the Overall, blood tests are going yeah. well you know oh, he's responding to me this is great but he even points out I just wish he wasn't so intense. I just wish, wish he wouldn't stare at me like that. Because he, he points out how all he does is just... And going over, like, uh, the date and his... Um... <laughs> Physically, he's fascinatingly ugly. I just It's yeah. funny. Anyways. Uh, from the notes, this entire issue happens over a period of, I think, like, three or four days. Yep. Yeah, you can track him by the nights he has with his wife, um, yep. which are important to this. Well, uh, it also says in the notes, like, the first one is October 25th, then we'll get to the 26th and 27th. Yeah. And uh, at the very end of it, when it's going over, he's like, my first interview is uh, in three days or whatever. So you get a full timeline. So he's talking to him, and uh, you learn you learn right here Rorschach's full name, Walter Joseph Kovacs. Uh, and he was born in 1940, so he's about 45 years old right now, or 46, I guess, bad, depending on... Or, no, 44 or 45, depending on his birthday um which it doesn't ever give you and that's fine and he's short oh he's tiny he's five foot six 140 pounds so he's the most unintimidating guy ever and it shows you later in the prison scene like everyone's bigger than him yeah everyone's bigger than him yeah he weighs about as much i as i do and he's three inches shorter yeah 
He's a little boy. If you know what I mean. Lying down. So he, you know, it tells you his mother, Sylvia Joanna Kovacs, formerly Sylvia Glick, which is a terrible name, and his father's unknown. He's pretty beaten up. Charlie. Charlie. He's pretty beaten up, and he's like, oh, let's try another one. He shows him it. He's like, all right, what do you see on it? And it's these two... Uh, blots that are side by side and what he sees is the imagery like a shadow a silhouette of his mom getting plowed oh yeah i mean she's not it's you know they're in embrace kissing but you know what it is all the text is "Ooh, baby oh oh my god oh you're hurting me oh yeah yeah the sexy version which i I poppy yeah pretty much i poppy if if, (laughs) if this was a little more uh diverse oh shit Oh, they should have I poppied it in here. That would have been better. So he's, you know, he walks in because he thinks his mom's getting hurt. And, you know, he, the, the guy that is uh, soliciting the services of the mother. Super pissed off. Oh, you didn't tell me there were kids around here. I get enough of this shit at home. Clearly a married man cheating on his wife, as yep. all prostitution things go. Yep. And he's like, oh, no, come back. Stop. And then he's, he's like, hey, here's five bucks. It's more than you're worth. Which point her rage kicks in freaks out at him and he's he even says out of my way retard and he pushes him to the ground (laughs) not a good look no but mom's pissed at him you little shit you know what you just cost me you ugly little bastard i should have listened to everybody and had that abortion (laughs) you know the things moms say to their kids oh yeah of course yeah the good stuff and then the end of that issue though again is a silhouette except for this time or that issue of that moment uh is a silhouette again except for this time instead of it's the man the woman embrace it's the mom beating her son and then it rolls out, and he's like, what do you see? And he just goes, some nice flowers. I see bees. Hmm. If I had to... Actually, that's a good thing. Let me go to the first one. I wouldn't mind doing that. Let's do that. The very yeah. first one, I look at it. Yeah, that one's pretty yeah. obviously a butterfly. It's a butterfly yeah. yeah, that's pretty, like, dead giveaway, a butterfly. The second one, however... What do I see when I look at that? I don't get bees. I see kind of like an insect face, though. The two wide eyes on the outset little nose in the front and then the big blobs on the front could be like those weird big pincher things oh, yeah. that like shrimp or crab have you know yeah. that insect face i kind of see that um it's kind of hard to i think that's about probably be as far as i'd go with that one though can i turn it do they let you turn it because i kind of see a clown's feet big clown feet and the big pants oh yeah it could be a clown's feet oh that reminds me of this scene in this one game called uh this is the police where you play a police chief, and after an incident, you have to go talk to a psychiatrist, and she's like, okay, I'm going to show you a series of ink blots. Just tell me what you see. And it gives you answers in the first three, or like, oh, it's a dog, or it's a tree, or something. And the last one is always just a series of events where like, oh, it's a man and woman arguing. Oh, they're next to a Christmas tree. Oh, kind of like this, like him. She, she's... He slaps her, and the, the ornament falls, and it breaks. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you just pick all those, you, like, get a notice, like, oh, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> but if you pick the other ones, you're not fine? Oh, I don't know. I've never picked those. I oh, you just went with, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, what was I thinking? Yeah, so I always sorry. picked the domestic abuse. Come on. The other thing that's really important here is that when uh, Walter's looking at the ink blots, his face is super serious. Oh, yeah. His brow is, like, scrunched. His eyes are, like, laser-focused. But the minute he answers, it's back to the dead, listless, sort of, I'm here for you face. Yeah, he's got to pay special attention when he sees his mom fucking. Yeah, you got to make sure you know what you're seeing. Yeah. It's really important. You got to log that for later. 
and then oh I'm so ple oh I'm so pleased that you're doing okay and he's uh okay I think that's enough we'll see you tomorrow the guards will take you back he's still super chipper he's having a good time and basically we can sum up the next page and a half of just oh, yeah. as he walks back to his thing imagine every vile thing a prison inmate would yell at you if they hated you yep i mean the worst of the worst kind of prisoners these aren't guys who are like i'm gonna cut you these are guys like i'm gonna jerk off into your mom's face and then i'll use that and shove it up your ass with my razor blade and then i'll take that razor blade and prepare you a nice souffle and make you eat it and while you're eating it i'm gonna be just sucking you off and it ain't gay you're gay in <laughs> your dicks like the real just worst stuff you could imagine and Take off your clothes and roll you in broken Pepsi bottles, because I guess it's not a Coke guy? They're creative. You thought I was being crazy with my ad lib there? These guys are visionaries. I know, they want it. <laughs> and and there's other like random things in there, but the reason why it it shows you that and like an excessive amount of it is because it takes you back to his childhood when he was ten years old. And he's basically he he was an incredibly good boy for the life he had. Oh, yeah. It's just terrible. He was a mama's boy. Yeah, he, he was... So he's on mama his way... Mama said I gotta go to the store to buy it. Mama, mama said... Mama, 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 I mama. hate that movie. <laughs> uh, not as much as I hate Billy Madison. I think I'd rather watch Waterboy than Billy Madison. Why do you... I don't like Adam Sandler's goof voice. Those were his good movies. No. Happy Gilmore, one of the best ever. Wedding Singer, one of the oh, best ever. Good, yeah. Mr. Deeds, personal like. I like it more than Big Daddy, even though I know people love Big Daddy. I like Mr. Deeds. I love. I think it's hilarious. I love Steve Buscemi, his crazy eyes. I think he's hilarious. I think Mr. Deeds is the last good one. Hmm. Uh, mm. Not in comedy, you're talking. Yeah, comedy, yeah. Um, he's usually on the mark for drama. Yeah, yes, that's true. He's only really had one kind of like... I actually didn't like... Um, uh, not Spanglish, the other one. Punch Drunk Love? Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, I, that, that one's kind of weird. That's like his... You know, people love it, but they always show you, like, Watch Mojo uses this scene a lot when they're talking about that kind of stuff. It's the one where he's having the direct conversation with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's like, I have a love for her, a love for her more powerful than you could ever imagine, a love for her that could take down a building or something like that. And I, people say that's like a really well-acted scene. I look at it and I'm like, I, I'm getting nothing from this. Like, this is listless to me. But you know what? Anyways, I like Spanglish. Spanglish is all right. Yeah. I, I've got no qualms with Spanglish, uh, but I didn't like Click, and that's kind of that's between yeah. the line of drama and comedy. Yeah, and it, it Click didn't really feel like it, it didn't knew click, what it wanted it didn't to click be. With <laughs> you. <laughs> you Cheap know who... comedy is the best comedy because it's always there for you. Mm -hmm. huh? mm. It's an inoffensive. Mm. I didn't say the N word Click was there for you. I just said Click was there for you. Nobody's gonna get mad. See. Mm. Yeah, next time you get angry at a pun, remember there was no N-words there. That, that's true. Unless you made a pun out of that, but don't. Don't do, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't. Um, so anyways, uh, it shows you his past, and he's on his way to the store to get something for Mama. Never says what, actually, I don't think. But there's these bullies who are like, oh, your mom's a whore. Uh, you're a nope. horse. His, his mom is a whore. Right, a whore. Whore. You got a whore for your mom. He says it like uh, all Danny DeVito-like. H O O dash E R. It's almost like she is. She But who are? Who are? And they, what is this, like an apple or something they shove in his face? It's some sort a of meatball. fruit. Because you can see, 
You take it out of produce bin. Oh, okay, yeah, they're right next to uh, a market thing there. It's something purple. So they're calling him names. They're talking about his mom being a hooer. They're talking about how he's got diseases because he's the son of one, a, a whore son. Um, and they basically are picking up and shove this in his face. So what he do, what anybody would do. Grab a cigarette that the kid was smoking, shove it into his eye. Oh, yeah. Step A. <laughs> While he's screaming and freaking out, dive on the other kid, start biting his face. That's step B. Again, this is where I think the movie went wrong, even though we're not talking about the movie right now, but just saying, this scene, they show him actually, like, rip the kid's face off, like, they bite and rip the skin, and he does, like, a dog thing. I'm like, no, this was pure rage, not animalism. Like, this was uh, knowing rage, not, like, a traditional werewolf scene where you go crazy. And, And I didn't love that, but anyways... The people are like, oh, he ought to be locked up. See him biting the kid. Blame the parents. And <laughs> yes, in this case, it might be okay to blame. And then the from uh, one of the notes in the back of the chapter, we learn that after this incident, uh, oh, his home is investigated. Yep. And they find out, oh, hey, your mom's a hooer. Yeah. This it, is nowhere for a kid. You have to go to a boy's home. Yeah, boarding school. Yep. Uh, so then it goes back to him in jail, uh, and we get back into the journal of Doctor Malcolm. 1951, he attacked an older child, partially blinding him with a lit cigarette. He was 10 years old. So that's where we get... We've been talking about his age and stuff, obviously, from a few spots, but... He is... So this next page, he is obsessing over uh, Walter Kovacs. He's really hammering down, trying to figure out why he's crazy, you know. Oh, he's clearly had this... As we learn about it, the doctor's learning about it and expanding upon how crazy he is. Yep. Um... Oh, that's right, and this is where we learn. Uh, excelling at schoolwork, Kovacs grew into a bright but unusually quiet child. He's kind of talking his way through the history, we find out. Even in 1956, when informed of his mother's brutal murder, he restricted his comments to one word. Good. So he was already, even though being super smart and personable, it does say he talks to his class work, uh, classmates, class workers. That's not how that goes. Co-mates. Yep. Uh, even though he can talk to his classmates and stuff like that and be a normal person, he's very clearly morally distraught. Yeah. yeah is that a word? Distraught? Yeah. I mean, those are words. I yeah. mean, is that a, a phrasing that would work there? Yeah, he um, has a not very typical worldview because of his upbringing. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Also, we will learn from one of the, the notes that his mother was murdered... By her pimp by being force-fed Drano. Yeah, I mean, I forgot that because that's not in the book. That's in the the, the back uh, yeah. backlog. Yeah, she was murdered by her pimp, which she probably had multiple at some point. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> force-fed Drano. So he's going over all this. He's talking about it. And then his wife come in, and she wants some of that good fucking... Yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. So she's like, oh, baby, you working? Why you work? Come here, baby. Come here, let me see a little bit of that ball sack, which is how I picture... <laughs> Uh, 50-year-olds talk to each other when it's sex time. Franny hasn't gotten there yet, but when she starts hearkening for my ball sack, I'll know we've hit the sweet spot of marriage. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what this has all been about. So, not Rorschach, Walter Kovacs. Oh, uh, you know what? Oh, I, right. This I is... realized something. Hmm. Uh, a lot of these pages in this chapter were sticking together. I think I missed these two. Ooh. Yeah. I wondered how you got so far ahead of me. Like, we were reading, you always finish the comic part. I think I think I said this on the last one. You always finish the comic part faster than me, and then I usually have time to catch up at the end. Yep. 
you, I like looked over and you were like two pages ahead of me. I was like, oh, I gotta read, I gotta read. Yeah, like, now that I'm looking at these two, like it's a uh, not a lot that I missed. Right, it might have only been like one one little spot, but so I'll just go over this really quick. She's basically like, come on, baby, you work too much. But this is a very important reoccurring theme um, that he talks about. She says, Mal, it's late with Malcolm. Are you done with this Rorschach case yet? And he goes, not Rorschach, Walter Kovacs. Rorschach's an unhealthy per- fantasy personality. You know, he wouldn't answer to anything else during his bail hearing. Rorschach answers to Rorschach. That's it. Don't call him Walter. But, you know, being the optimistic psych- psychoanalyst, he's doing all this. So he's going on, and she's like, oh, you know, don't let him in, uh, ruin your cheerful disposition. He's like, I'm too fat and contented. You know, the usual don't worry, baby, I'm fine. This guy's crazy. And she's like, yeah, you're fine. I'll show you something that's fine. And uh, they bang. They bang the hell out of each other. They bang the hell out of each other so much that at the freaking hearing the next day, he's yawning because he just he was up so late. Yeah. Pounding veg. That's what the kids say, right? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, that's what you say. She says, give me some of that sweet ball sack. And you say, I'm going to fill that veg. That's when I'll know I made it. Sorry, the second half is just as important. Oh, as I would say destroy that snuff box. Oh, that's better. That's yeah. better. I prefer death by snoo snoo. Oh, snoo snoo. But, you know, whatever works. So they bang, and she's, you know, let's see if we can make it last forever, yada yada. That's what she says. So he sits down, and he's tired. Good morning, Walter. Today I'd like to, oh, sorry, late night. So this is where that changed, the reason why I pointed out that he corrects his wife. I'd like to talk about Rorschach. Will you do that for me, Walter? Will you tell me about Rorschach? And Rorschach just says, you keep calling me Walter. I don't like you. I don't like you. I love that he would just say that to him. I got the death sentence in nine galaxies. But this is where, because the reaction, it shows you a nice little panel there of just Dr. Malcolm's face being freaking terrified. Here you can see that color difference again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, From our two books. Yeah, yours is yellow while mine's orange. And he goes, uh, you know, oh, you don't like me? All right, all right. Well, why is that? He's like, you're fat. Or no, he just goes, fat, wealthy, think you understand pain. I'll tell you something, doctor. I'll tell you about Rorschach. I feel like in that little, like, uh, exchange right there where he tells him he doesn't like him and he kind of overreacts, Rorschach figures out, like, oh, I can. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fuck with you now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. And this is where he starts to tell him about uh, how he became Rorschach, which as a kid, he got into, you know, un, you know, he got into unskilled manual labor, he calls it, the garment industry. And this is where it first points out, he didn't like women. Rorschach didn't like women at all. He says, job bearable but unpleasant. Had to handle female clothing. Yep. Wanted nothing to do with bitches. And again, to the notes in the back, it says that when he was growing up, he was always awkward and shy, especially around girls. Especially around girls, yeah. Which might have something to do with, you know, his mom being a prostitute. I don't know. He hates his mother. We find out more about his father. And by that, I mean, we find out absolutely nothing about his father. We just know that he idolizes him because his father left his mom and he would have done the same because his mom's terrible. (laughs) And he's like, oh, he probably worked for Truman. He was in the war. Yeah, like the only thing he's known is they had political discussions where they disagreed and his dad like truman and then he just goes up because he's like a kid at the time yeah. goes off on the stand you probably worked for truman he was probably on a mission and he probably died. died fighting nazis yeah my dad was such a good guy which he, is, is funny because you go back to chapter one is when he says like oh truman's the best i'm yeah. like oh no now this we is why he thinks yeah everything's so idolized so basically he was uh working this doing all this clothing and a young italian girl wanted a dress and she didn't collect it because she said it was ugly and it was 
1962 special order of dress in new Dr. Manhattan spin-off fabric. Viscous fluids between two layers of latex, heat and pressure sensitive. So, you know, basically, as you touch it, the fluid reacts to the heat and, and force that you press it, and it moves, which is why his mask gets all wonky, because he decides to take it and cut it up and work with it. He, he figures out a way, probably just... Oh, it actually shows a fire and a heat poker and scissors all steaming. So he's probably just heating scissors up and cutting yeah. so that it seals it. Okay, next Rorschach test. What do you see there? In the dress? Yeah. Uh, frown. Sad face. A clown face. I see uh, one of those, uh, like, um, those samurai masks. Oh, the white with the big black... Yeah. Upside down. I get that. Okay, I like that. I just it's I mean, similar answer, but way more detailed than mine. So he says, you know, not ugly at all. Black and white moving, changing shape, but not mixing, no never, gray. Never gray, yeah. Very, very beautiful. So yeah, he takes it and he makes it, and then he goes. Two years passed, March nineteen sixty-four, stopped at a newsstand, bought paper, there she was, front page, woman who ordered special dress. Kitty Genevieve. She was murdered. She was raped, tortured, and murdered outside of her apartment building, allegedly. And people heard her screams. It happened right out in broad daylight. They saw it and didn't do anything. And some of them even watched. Literally stood on their balconies and watched. And I believe that that would happen in New oh, York. This is actually, it's not just New York, it's everywhere. This is a right. real psychological phenomenon where if there's multiple people mm -hmm. and they witness something going on, Everyone assumes that someone else right. is like calling 911 or getting help or anything. Right. And if you call out for help, most likely no one will answer you because of that. So if you're ever in a situation you need help from someone immediately, look at a person directly and say, hey, you yeah. help me. If you put it solely on that person, person they're more likely to act. Oh. Hey, fucking fedora mask over there. Get your fucking shit together. And then they'll be like, wow, you're really calm for someone getting raped and murdered. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just trying to figure out situations. It's this phenomenon. You see, when people are around and they see something, then they take the whole time to explain it. Nobody helped. They die. It's a catch-22. It's a real mixed bag there. Uh, so he talks about that. So he says... Uh, I knew what people were then, behind all the evasions, all the self-deception, ashamed for humanity. I went home, I took the remains of her unwanted dress, and made a face that I could bear to look at in the mirror. And this is where they start to draw Malcolm as if he was Night Owl all of a sudden. Because oh, yeah. his face oh. is just so like, what do you mean? Like, a face? Big, scared, oh, droopy eyes, like, shaky hands. And uh, so he says, you know, oh, come on, this happened to her, that's terrible, that can't be proof that all of mankind is rotten, you know? You've just been conditioned for a negative yeah, worldview. there's good people out there like you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. and then he just goes, oh, I wouldn't say Me? that. Me? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't goes, say that. No, you just think it. Think you're good people. Why are you spending so much time with me? This is actually a really good point. Why are you spending so much time with me, doctor? Well, because I care about you and I make sure you want to be well. And he's like, there's other people down in cells, behavior more extreme than mine. You don't spend any time with them because they're not famous, won't get your name in the journals. You don't want to make me well, just want to make me sick. You'll find out. Want Have, to know what makes oh, me sick. Oh, want to know what makes me sick. You'll find out. Have patient, doctor. You'll find out. And this really chuffs this guy's guff. So he goes back to his journal and he talks about, he basically explains it away. He excuses it away. Oh, he's... 
He's just, you know, pent up rage about his mom. That's all this is. This is misdirected aggression, obviously. What did he mean when he said, you'll find out? <laughs> you know, like he has to ask himself. And this is where we get the next time the movie over toughified Rorschach. Anyways, there's a reason why this is only one panel and not a five minute scene like in the movie. So as soon as he leaves there from telling him you'll find out, he goes to lunch, guy behind him, huge dude, says, you know, Rorschach, you're pretty famous, right? I'd like your autograph. I got my book right here in my pocket. It's notched up quite a few famous names over here. Obviously the book is a shiv. Ooh. And right before he gets to shiv him, hey, you don't touch that. Rorschach grabs a thing of frying liquid, of, of just steaming deep frying oil, yep. and whips it into his gut. Oh face, God, it looks so bad. Crushes him hard. So th this is so important because he's just like, you know, the guards into being dragged him away. According to the deputy, his burns were horrific, hot cooking fat. I don't like to think about it, all that. As they dragged him away, Rorschach spoke to the other inmates. He said, none of you understand. I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me. The reason why it's nice that they put that in the background, there was no tough fight. There was no big to-do. There was no riot. There was no, yeah. like, guards forcibly beating the shit out of him. It was just like, this guy thought he had the jump on Rorschach. Very obviously didn't died for well actually he didn't die for it we don't know that or yeah i don't think it ever states it, it just it, that it, he it went does to during no it does during the prison breakout oh it does that's why the riot in the prison starts oh. because that guy dies and everyone's like well fuck this guy so he's you know it, it's just it's understated that rorschach wasn't the one who had to say you know like in the movie now do you understand i got locked up here with you like he's like oh i'm fucking awesome look at me punching him it's like no don't touch me I will kill you. This yep. isn't a game. This isn't a tough guy bravado for a gang. I'll fucking murder you. Yep. It'll take me two seconds. And it, and it did. And it did. It took him two seconds. So it, that's just really good. So he's having coffee, sitting at his desk. It's obviously really late. And his wife comes over. And again, same as the last scene, except this time she's like, come on, you're going to stay up all night if you're drinking that coffee. He's like, well, I'm not ready for bed. I'm working hard, baby. I'm working for the weekend. And she's like, well, remember last night when I needed attention? He's like, come on, I need work. And she says... Well, maybe I just sometimes notice how often you bring up work when you know I need sex. Say it. boy, oh my. And he's like, well, what do you mean, Gloria? Gloria? And then he gets night owl face. No. Oh. And basically, oh, and then this is where, this is the turn of Malcolm. In his journal, he writes, you're locked up in here with me, he said. He's right. Absolutely right. Like, he's aware, he's not aware, but he's starting to come around that Maybe Rorschach isn't like a disorder, it's a being. Like, it's its own thing, you know? Not this fantasy personality that he has. So, oh wait, did I point that out? I did, I didn't yet. So, he even, this is why I should have said this before I said what I just said. So am I just, oh, my early optimism was obviously unfounded. He's getting worse. So am I. Just read back what I've written down, what I've written above the six line down oh, yeah. should read... Kovacs spoke to other inmates. Kovacs, not, not, not Rorschach. Rorschach. He's starting to call him Rorschach. So he's at the he's he's at the uh, interview the next day. All right, Ror. Uh, all right, Walter. This afternoon, Walter. let's pick up where we left off. The murder of Kitty. So he says, you know, making a mask for yourself. You decide to become Rorschach, and this is where Rorschach starts to talk about. No, I was still Kovacs then. So yeah. this is another level of like self awareness that he has. Not like Batman, how Batman says I was always Batman. I don't know if you know that in the comics, but that's like a big thing of him. So Batman is 
Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne's the uh, secret identity. Not, no, whoops. You know what I mean. Yeah. Batman's his true self, and Bruce Wayne is who he pretends to be, not, you know, putting on a suit and fighting crime. Like, that's who he is. So they do that in the Batman mythos a lot. Like, when did you know you were Batman? People ask him, when did you become Batman? He's like, no, I was always Batman. Rorschach, on the other hand, he is, knows the exact moment. He is very aware of when he became Rorschach. He was Walter Kovacs for a long time. Um, and he just talks about and how... He's very soft. Yeah, let people live. <laughs> let people live. Yeah, that's me being soft. Just let him <laughs> yeah. live. I mean, not, it was not a political podcast, and corporal punishment is terrible, but there is a lot of people who believe in the death penalty for these heinous crimes. Walter is very clearly one of them. You know, yeah. There's certain crimes, even even current Rorschach in the timeline of the book, even 1985 Rorschach, doesn't kill everyone. But if you rape or murder someone and he's the one who finds you, you're dead. Yep. It's not getting around. If you rob a bank, your legs will be broken, but you won't be dead. He, he at least has a line. You know, he'd fit in very well with um, uh, modern uh, conservative society. Oh, yeah, because he's a no, sociopath. Not a political podcast. Not a political podcast. Oh, yeah. All right, not just saying. So he talks about how soft he was and how soft the people around her was. And this is where I thought it was awesome because I hadn't talked about yet uh, in the previous ones because we learn a lot about Comedian and a lot about what Rorschach has to say about him as well as everyone else, and they all have their interpretations of it, um, like Dan calling him a madman and stuff. Rorschach admired the shit out of Comedian. Oh, yeah. He talks about how soft, you know... Night Owl was and all these other people and he's just like except comedian met him in 1966 forceful per personality didn't care oh. if people liked him uncompromising admired that before we go on more about the comedian or maybe that's just it because I don't think there's a lot about the comedian yeah there's not a lot no it's just this one thing yeah. but one look at Night Owl look at how much he, not a bitch he is in that yeah, picture yeah he, he's like a because I'm assuming because like at that time they were the they were on top of the world. Superheroes were the cool thing. Superheroes were what everyone wanted to be. You know, he, he was looked up to, and they beat the shit out of people. And I find it amazing how, despite the fact that he in these flashbacks mm. he's wearing the Rorschach match, mask, you can tell by his demeanor that he's yeah. completely different than how he is he's in modern. He's comfortable. He's, like, um, more fluid with his actions. And I, I would guess, I have no... Don't take this to heart, but... I would guess that um, Dave Gibbons drew the Rorschachs on his mask to display certain things that he thought they displayed better. Ooh, yeah. I would assume there is Especially, actually... Especially, yeah, the, the Rorschach image right. usually brings out some interpretation from you. Yeah, so I he as the artist or Alan Moore directing him as the writer, I believe that they would put that time in because like the one you're talking about in top left where he's just like yeah. super chill and whatnot, his Rorschach is very unassuming. It's just like a big black bar over his eyes and then a couple little blots on his cheeks, like symmetrical, of course. A lot of things Rorschach are symmetrical. I don't know. I, I would just guess that that's the way it goes. And also the fact that he refers to these people as his friends. Yeah. And even, oh, look, even in like current tense. Yeah. You have friends? What do you mean? Like he talks about that kind of stuff. But uh, so so back to Comedian, he just says, you know, out of, out of all of us, he understood most about world. Oh, yeah, he's talking in the shorthand again. Yeah. Um, he understood most about world, about people, about society and what's happening to it. Things everyone knows in gut. Things everyone too scared to face, too polite to talk about. He understood. Why well, use lot word when few do trick? When few word do trick. 
Um, but this next line is is really good. He, he you know understands man's capacity for horrors and never quit. Saw the world's black underbelly and never surrendered. Once a man is seen, he can never turn his back on it. Never pretend it doesn't exist. No matter who others, no matter who orders him to look the other way, we do not do this be- thing because it is permitted. We do it because we have to. We do it because we are compelled. We are compelled. And this sets off Doctor Malcolm. He's like, well, what do you mean compelled? You know, if we can figure out what he means by that, we can we can understand all these masked vigilantes, all these superheroes. So they're going the new day, October twenty seventh. We're two days in now because the first one was twenty fifth. Uh, yes, yes. So we're two days in. So his last word today were "do it because we are compelled," but never says what it is. And he goes over all this stuff. You know, um, it's not the childhood his mother, or Kitty Genovese. Otherwise, he would have said something like that, I'm assuming. But things just made him overreact to the injustice in the world. They're not what sent him over the edge. And this is where we learn the moment when Walter Kovacs became Rorschach. And it's the best. This I'm going to... Oh, I like this one line. It's as if his continual contact with society's grim elements has shaped him into something grimmer, something even worse. If only I could convince him that life isn't like that, that wor- the world isn't like that. I'm positive it isn't. He ain't so positive. Yeah, he's, it's starting to sound like he's trying to convince himself rather than convince Rorschach. Exactly. And he goes on for a little bit. You know, he talks about how he stopped by the newsstand and the guy that he gets his paper from was like, oh, Rorschach, the guy who got arrested? Yeah, he came here. He got books for me. He got newspapers for me. That guy? Yeah, he's here. Yeah. You know, everyone's all excited. And he's like, this coincidence is trivial, but unsettling. Like... He's starting to see the pieces of uh, Rorschach's influence and, and whatnot. And he also talks about the uh, paintings on the wall you were pointing out oh, yeah. a few issues ago. The silhouette. And he talks about how, you know, it reminds him of the people disintegrated from Hiroshima. Or Hiroshima. Hiroshima. There we go. There we go. Uh, leaving their only their indelible shadows. So he can't sleep that night. Um, oh, we do get an update that the Russians are in Pakistan. Oh, yes, 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 we do. Um... He's at home, no sex tonight, but Gloria is upset, and she... My dog. Ooh. I I realized, mm-hmm. in this in this world, uh, Osama bin Laden probably died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He probably did. Yeah, in Afghanistan. Probably got killed by the Russians. So what you're saying is we'd rather live in Watchmen's timeline than our own? No, we don't want fucking... But no Osama. Uh, Richard Nixon, though. But no Osama. Also, what are you commie sons of bitches? Also, I can't say it because it'll give away the end of the book, but you you know what happens. But Osama. Okay, no no Osama bin Laden. Instead, he goes on to become the president and ruin this great country <laughs> till Trump takes over. That was Osama, right? Yeah. Hussein Osama? Yeah, Hussein. Barack Hussein Osama? Not a political body. Not a political body. I'm so sorry. Uh, so... You know, his wife's uh, upset, and she invites their friends out for dinner tomorrow, which is a scene that's really funny, and I'm oh, yeah. excited to get there. I but... really like that scene. So he's there, and he says, from the notes of Dr. Malcolm Long, October 28th, 1985, he told me everything. Hello, Rorschach, how are you today? So this is where, <laughs> I love Rorschach's retort, in prison. <laughs> yourself. yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. So he decides to give him the ink block test, and then he shows him the very first one. He's like, I've already seen this. He's like, oh, I know, and I don't think you were telling me the truth. What do you see in it? 
Yeah, no bullshitting. Hmm, don't, don't you bullshit me. <laughs> don't you do hey, boy. I says, boy. And he smacks him. I says, I says. He didn't smack him. And he also wasn't Foghorn Leghorn as much as it may have seemed like. <laughs> so he's like, okay, fine. Dog with head split in half. And he goes, well, I see. Why do you think the dog's head was split in half? Like a stupid bullshit psychoanalyst would ask. Because <laughs> I, I did. did. <laughs> yeah, like what do you think? Yeah, I fucking... And the next few pages are very few dialogue. Um, what he explains was... Oh, it's going to get fucked up. Yeah. There was a missing girl, Blair Roach, uh, six years old, and her kidnappers believe she was part of the Roach Chemical Fortune. Turns out, nope, same last name, not the same kid. This was just the daughter of a bus driver. So they take her, and nobody hears for days, so Rorschach gets antsy, and all he says is, for personal reasons... Uh, and he's going to go take out of it. And he promises the parents, I'll find her and return her to you. Um, what does he say? I want to... Oh, yeah, right there. Days dragged by, no word from kidnappers. Thought of little child, abused, also, frightened, didn't like it. It looks reasons. like an angry face. Yeah, it does look like the <laughs> angry face, without a doubt. But like a cute angry face. Like, I'm going to get you. Uh, like the um, little um, tree spirits from Princess Mononoke. Oh, yeah. Ding! <laughs> I love those things. Um, so he decides I'm after it. So he goes to a bad neighborhood, smells terrible. He, he beats the shit out of 14 people to send him to the hospital from like these bad bars. Needlessly. Needlessly, of course. The 15th one gives him the address of where he's try of the person he believes to, it's going to be. There's dogs in the backyard chewing over a bone. He's like, well, I'm not going to go that way. I'll just go to the front door. And I love, he says, went in through front, like a respectable visitor by kicking the door in like he does to dance. <laughs> I love that. So now all we get is visuals for two pages. He walks in. It's a really messed up thing. There's a fireplace. There's, oh, yeah, this place looks like shit. Yeah, there's mannequins, which is creepy as frig. An old ass. Uh, uh, well, not mannequins. Busts for um, sewing. Like, yeah, uh, uh, dresses and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a fireplace, which he opens up and finds like a piece of fabric that belongs to a child. It's got like teddy bears and stuff on it. Walks it, goes uh, into the kitchen, finds all this sorts of uh, knife sharpener, a fillet knife, a paring knife, a cleaver. And a bone saw, because you know why? Bone saw is ready! I almost said coming. Yeah, well, he, he could be. Yeah. That's between him and his wife. Did she ask what his ball sack was yeah. like? Because <laughs> if she bone did... Saw. <laughs> yeah, bone saw! Bone saw, how is your nutsack? <laughs> um, wait, no, brother was Hulk Hogan. I almost went Hulk Hogan. You know what? Rod, Macho Man and Hulk probably got together at least once. Yeah, so probably. that's fine. Uh, so he picks out the cleaver and the bone saw and he's looking around he sees a massive chopping block with huge gashes in it and he looks out back in the yard and there's a a, a zoom in on what the dogs are actually fighting over and it doesn't say it but we know it implies it's a femur it's the bone of a human being and so he looks outside and this again with the ink plot look at his ink plot in the bottom right oh yeah like he's that's unsettling and it's the red imagery it shows it like through like a lens you know the the light shining through the window he's all red so he grabs the cleaver walks outside the dogs look at him and his hand is just in the air and this is obviously the moment where he split that dog's head in half oh that one last ink blot you see on his face that one looks very menacing that yeah oh up top yeah. oh yeah it does it looks i would and i'd say it looks even a little demo- the demonic yeah I could see that, but he even, he, maybe just to mess with Dr. Malcolmore, shock of impact ran along my arm, jet of warmth spattered on chest like hot faucet, 
It was Kovacs who said, mother, then muffled under latex. It was Kovacs who closed his eyes. It was Rorschach who opened them again. Killing those dogs, becoming aware of what it was that had happened in this house. Guy murdered a kid and fed him to his dog. Um, that is what, in that moment, not when he kills the dogs, or not when he, um, sorry, kills the man, which he does in a moment. It's when he makes the choice. These things are dead. He's dead. I'm done with this place. And I think it it was a few chapters ago that they mentioned that there was a kidnapping at some point, and Rorschach was never the same after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Night Owl talks about it yep. when he's talking with Sad, uh, Lori, I think. I think it was. But yes, um, because, oh, that's actually really important because two panels ago, three panels ago, whatever, he talks about how him and his friends put away people, yada, yada. And he says that him and uh, Night Owl, yeah, here it is, 1965 worked with Night Owl bringing street gangs under control, tackled the big figure together, brought down Underboss together. Good team. Like, him and Night Owl were best friends back then. Oh, yeah. And Night Owl says something changed him, and this is it. So, uh, you know, he finds the person. The guy was out drinking when he called, so he's just sitting out by, dark by then, dark as it gets, and he waits. Guy comes home, and he's... Hello. Oh, Fred and Barney were the name of the dogs, which is hilarious and adorable. He's like, who's got a bark for daddy? Hmm. No noise. So he walks uh, up to the front door, which is broken in, of course. He goes to put his keys. Like, well, what the hell? So he walks in, turns oh, the light on. so much more brutal in yours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. The color palette is so different. Oh, yeah. But anyways, he's looking around. Obviously, there's nothing there. And then... He's looking out the window, and a dog comes flying through the window, hits him, and he's like, oh, God, who is it? Who's out there? I haven't done anything, I swear. And then a dog comes through the door in the back, knocks him down, obviously both of them dead. And he goes, oh, get it off me. Someone get it off me. And this, this is why this is so much better than the movie. This is the one, so I love the Watchmen movie. Not nearly as much as I love this. It would never crack like a top ten movie list for me. But I love it. I think it's it's got a lot of really yeah. good things to it. This right here is why the movie is shit, though. The way they portray this scene. We're not talking about the movie. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying that this right here, and I'll get to it when we watch the movie. But anyways. Which we will. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. I promise. Probably right after we're done reading this. And maybe even have a surprise for it. Ooh. Had to slide whistle. So... This guy's pleading, no, please, I haven't done it. So actually, he's legitimately pleading with no response. Oh, wait, please, what are you going to do? Rorschach grabs him, throws him through the room, has handcuffs. Oh, I know what you think. You think I'm something to do with that little girl. Well, I'm not, okay? Handcuffs him to a radiator. Oh, well, you can't prove anything. I, I mean, where's the evidence? You can't do anything. Rorschach grabs a bone saw. Me, throws it on the ground. Hey, wait a minute, that thing, what is this? Picks up a can. Hey, you're giving me that. Is is that it? You look. If you just say something, Rorschach completely, completely silent. Pours everything. Are you crazy? That's kerosene. This is the only words we get from Rorschach. Yes. Shouldn't bother trying to saw through handcuffs. Never make it in time. And he goes, "What do you mean? What am I supposed?" Also, oh, his God. speech bubbles. They're the round, cracked. Like he's not speaking clearly. That's all he said. Shouldn't bother trying to saw through handcuffs. Never make it in time. Oh, God, you got to be kidding me. Drops a match on the ground and walks out. Stood in street, watched it burn. Imagined limbless, wait, imagined limbless felt torsos inside. 
breasts blackening, bellies smoldering, bursting into flame one by one. Watched for an hour. Oh yeah, the, nobody the got out. Yeah, all those busts. Nobody got. That was out. some real jigsaw shit. Fucked up. Yeah. He he was not. But again, it was only jigsaw when it became so damning to Walter, and he became Rorschach. It it and he just stood there for an hour, covered in blood, watching this building burn, watching this man. Well, the guy died quickly, but watching this man die. Nobody got out. He actually stood there for longer than that. He talks about watching. Oh yeah. Oh god. This is <laughs> so where descriptive. Well, this is where that whole like he was a very bright literature religious studies child. Yeah. He talks over you know what, I'll read all this. I don't mind. You go okay ahead. with me reading it? Yeah, go ahead. Stood in firelight, sweltering, blood stained on chest like map of a violent new continent. Felt cleansed, felt dark planet turn under my feet and knew what cats know what that <laughs> and knew what cats know that makes them scream like babies in night. Looked at sky through smoke heavy with human fat, and God was not there. The cold, suffocating dark goes on forever, and we are alone. Live our lives, lacking anything better to do. Devise reason later. Born from oblivion, bare child, hell-bound as ourselves go into oblivion. There is nothing else. It's freaking oh yeah, dense, bro. That's terrifying. My favorite line of it all is, live our lives, lacking anything better to do. Devise reason later. <laughs> that little... I want that just like freaking slap it on my forearm. It's not necessarily a good thing to live by. It's just beautiful in a very morose way. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a contender for when we go get the tattoos. That's a very, very good quote if we choose quote. Like, that is really, really good. So, anyways. Oh, well, he goes on, which, you know, I'll, I'll just say, um, you know what, whatever, I'll just say, read it. Existence is random, has no pattern save what we imagine after staring at it for too long. No meaning save what we choose to impose. This rudderless world is not shaped by vague metaphysical forces. It is not God who kills the children, not fate that butchers them or destiny that feeds them to the dogs. It's us, only us. Streets stank of fire. The void, the void breathed hard on my heart, turning its illusions to ice, shattering them. Was reborn then, free to scrawl own design on this morally blank world. Was Rorschach. Does that answer your question, Doc? <laughs> it's all he hits him with when he's done. Is that good? And and no, it didn't. No. The Doc is busted. His He's just sitting there dumbfounded. He didn't say a word anymore, if you noticed. Doc hasn't said a word since Rorschach, Rorschach started talking. He's checked out. He doesn't know what to do with life. Oh. Stanley? Yeah, Stanley in the office? That's what he looks like looks in this panel. very Stanley-esque. Yeah, especially in his, like yellow uh, um uh, uh that coat trench coat with his <laughs> little the, bow tie what's the treasure oh trench coat all right so he's walking home and this is super important and i know this is on purpose his speech has changed from the notes of dr malcolm long october 28th so this is three days later walked home along 40th street black man tried to sell me a rolex watch when I kept walking, he started shouting the N-word. <laughs> but this is ignored him. Bought paper. Russians claim that fighting spilling into Pakistan was accidental. Nixon says U.S. will meet continued Soviet aggression with maximum force. It says that any dead family member should be wrapped in plastic garbage sacks and placed outside for collection. On 7th Avenue, the Hiroshima lovers were still trying inadequately to console one another. Does he sound an awful lot like maybe some character we know from this book that he is trying to analyze? Honestly, because we had all that from Rorschach, 
previously, I didn't even notice that speech pattern change. Yeah, it is full. He just goes into idealistic stating. He's just like, you know what? I'm just going to tell you what I did. Here it is. Also, I think it's worth pointing out that the Hiroshima uh, lovers, mm-hmm. uh, that graffiti, it does look like the outline of Rorschach's mother with the the, the yeah, John. it does a lot. It does a lot look like that. And maybe that's on purpose. And by maybe, I mean, of course it is. This yeah. is the best book ever written. Anyways, so he, he even starts doing the Rorschach thing. Home. Gloria reminded me that Randy and Diana were coming tonight. Looked cross when I confessed I'd forgotten. We dressed for dinner in silence. Dinner didn't go very well. He's doing that. So the reason why dinner didn't go well, I love this. I love this. It's such a great scene. So this is part of, I think this is part of what continued to change him. So he wrote about the fact that dinner go well. So he wrote this after dinner. Yep. At dinner, they're like, oh, so Mel, how are things going with the famous masked maniac guy of yours? Oh, tell us. He told you anything Anything weird weird or kinky. But this is where it's fucked up. These are just like these white middle-aged guys supposed to be their good friends. And they're like... You know, he's like, yeah, told me about a girl who got kidnapped. And then his wife's like, this isn't a good idea. The guy's like, oh, boy, was she tied up and gagged and helpless? Randy! Randy. <laughs> yeah, like, that's really weird to be so excited to ask your friend about. And I think, personally, I think that when he asked him that in that way, he's starting to get more of the, oh, people are bad. Oh, well, I, I, I understand how they have this attitude because it's really like, the the pulp aspect of heroes and like all like romanticized right they're think they're like picturing like the evil baron with his pencil mustache and top hat right. tying up the girl on the, the railroads and like oh man but there's some real hero antics their way of being able to talk about it so nonchalantly and enthusiastically just feels like that would feed into his already bad day yeah so he's like no she was six her abductor killed her butchered her and fed her to his german shepherds no words gloria gets up and leaves she's like oh that was fucked up gloria where are you going and he so he talks through his his end and i actually if it's all right with you i wanted to read this page as well yeah go for it so this page is beautiful it's him going sitting down in his uh in his bedroom and looking over what he studied and then looking at that ink blot of the dog's head cut in half the one that he showed rorschach twice and he says Diana remembered that their babysitter had to be home early and they left soon after dinner. Gloria went into the bedroom. I followed her. She walked out again into the hall. I sat on the bed. She came in wearing her coat, subjected me to a lot of crude sexual insults, went out. The front door slammed. Why do we argue? Life's so fragile. A successful virus clinging to a speck of mud, suspended in endless nothing. Next week, I could be putting her into a garbage sack, placing her outside for collection. I sat on the bed. I looked at the Rorschach blot. I tried to pretend it looked like a spreading tree. Shadows pooled beneath it, but it didn't. It looked more like a dead cat I once found. The fat, glistening grubs writhing blindly, squirming over each other, frantically tunneling away from the light. But even that is avoiding the real horror. The horror is this. In the end, it is simply a picture of the empty, meaningless blackness. We are alone. There is nothing else. And then the quote, you can read the quote. Oh, I noticed that, like, he looks at it, and then it's bigger. And then the last one is so close that you just see these two gray stripes. Yeah. And then he's just looking at the blackness. And that last panel is just pure black. He's looking at absolute nothingness. Yeah. Yep. And then the quote from which the title is uh, uh, comes from. Yep. Battle not with monsters, lest ye become a monster. And if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. 
And that's um, most of the time with these, I kind of missed the point of the quote there, but that one's pretty fucking on the nose. Oh, yeah. Like, you wanted to investigate Rorschach? Well, unfortunately, Rorschach looked into you. Yep. He investigated you, and very clearly he broke it. And of course, that's a Nietzsche quote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta love that. Yeah. It, it's a Nietzsche quote, as in it's only for like a select group of people. <laughs> it's a kind of different kind of Nietzsche. Uh, it's often actually a miss. Uh, uh, misspoken mm. because people say, "Oh, if you stare into the get abyss, the abyss gazes back." Yeah, but like, no. the abyss gazes also into you. Just much better. And then we get three, four, five pages of um, Walter Kovacs's history, which we touched on a lot throughout. The real big thing of it is, um, you know, the arrest report, which doesn't really tell us much of anything. Oh, it does. It does actually. So Kovacs denies killing Moloch. Definitely. He's like, I didn't do it, I yeah. didn't do it. And they're like, You're also he was also accused of two other murders. He doesn't deny those. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I killed him. Yeah, I did it. Or or even if he doesn't respond, that's just as much like, yeah, okay. But no, I didn't kill. So again, he is at least of his convictions in some form. They talk about what they found on him. <laughs> Battery powered flashlight, individual wrapped cubes, sweet chariot chewing sugar. One map New York underground and subway system dated nineteen sixty eight, a twenty year old map <laughs> with recent alterations drawn in with a red ballpoint pan. Withered remains on re- withered remains one red no- rose, which he took from uh, the uh, funeral. Yep. Uh, one dollar fifty nine cents in assorted loose change. One pencil. One notebook. This is so important. Okay, this is what I wanted to talk about. Pages filled with what is either an elaborate cipher or handwriting too cramped and eccentric to be legible. One broken bottle of cologne and uh, residue of ground black pepper. This is why sequelizing this book is so risky to me. Just, so, a couple of reasons. One, at the very end, oh, no, I can't do that. Because even though everyone knows the ending and we've talked about it a lot, I can't. Yeah. Point is, no one can read his journal. Oh. Continuing on. So, uh... There's a thing, so that was the hospital report. Then we get um, a psychiatric uh, report of what he did uh, as a ute. As a ute. Yeah, and most of this we did like bring into like the main yes. discussion. You know, he went to a different school. He was very bright. He got along with some. Was very shy with women. Um, he did have a bit of an anger. They said. I also like how in all these documents, there's purposely typos and random shit yeah (laughs) i was like i saw one and i was like it was like since or something where it was like snicks or yeah right there (laughs) s-i-c-n-e and i was like did i just notice a typo in the greatest book of all time and then i'm like oh okay never mind they did this um so we learn about that that's all good stuff we already told you about um they keep trying to figure him out but not in a crazy way just in like this kid had a really tough life way uh, he talks about his dad, which we told you all about. Maybe he got killed fighting the Nazis, and he's with God now. Very religious as a kid. And then he really likes Truman to the point where he says... Uh, the, da- the way dad would want me to. Uh, then there would have been a lot more war there was, and more oh my God, people yeah. would have been killed. I think it was a good thing to drop the atom bomb on Japan. That is all I have to say about my parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last line. And then the very last page is really fucked up. He talks about uh a a bad dream he had which you can get as deep into as you want or not but basically he's walking down a hallway he sees his mother with a man all of a sudden or no no first sorry it starts earlier 
Um, his mom's choking on a piece of raw dough, it says, which I guess could mean anything. Um, probably semen. Probably. Uh, the guy tried to get it out. He ended up putting his entire arm down her throat to try to save her from choking. Again, it's a nightmare. Uh, he says, go get a doctor. So he runs through the house, but the house is different. So he walks, uh, sees through a doorway, mom and dad dancing, old-fashioned dancing, you know, ballroom or something. Then almost all of a sudden, they're clopping around like a horse in pantomime with two guys in a suit. Then, they're not dancing at all. They're squashed together like Siamese twins, joined at the face stomach. Then, you notice they don't have a face. It's the two ears and four legs and the arms. Then, you notice their hands are growing into each other as well. They look, uh, as it's running at him, he looks down and notices that there's, like, underwear and pants all around their legs wrapping him up. And then it's sprinting at him and he wakes up. Dirty feelings, thoughts and stuff. The dream is sort of upset me physically. I couldn't help it. I just, I feel bad just talking about it. Mm. Messed with him bad. That's a terrifying nightmare if I ever had one. Yeah, and it's all because he saw his mom banging some dude. Yeah, and being hurt. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't, but, you know, being hurt. And then hurt. the very last thing is we have this little note from the desk of Dr. Malcolm. Kind of cut off, kind of not. Yeah, and it pretty much says that he's excited for his interview with uh, Rorschach and that it's possible they could identify a whole new disorder because of this a, a dude. A new syndrome. Gotta keep notes for future publication. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it is the final word. Yeah, this this issue, um, as far as... This is the issue where you can you get that sort of um, villain sympathy. There is no reason to walk out of this issue like people do, thinking he's more badass. But it's okay to think that. Uh, it leaves you thinking that this dude is fucked up and a lot of it isn't his fault. Exactly. So he lived a terrible lifestyle. We all know now. And some of the stuff he said is, I think, maybe that's looking too deep into it, but I, I definitely think that Alan Moore chose to have a very intelligent man interpret Rorschach as the answer, as like an allegory for how people chose to interpret, he knew people would interpret Rorschach anyways. Yeah. Like, you know when you're writing something like this, that like um, Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix with the Joker, you know you're probably going to inspire the wrong person but you still have to make it for all the right people to get the right message of. I feel like maybe this issue is Alan Moore being like, I know you want to take Rorschach seriously, and people are going to be capable of taking it this way, but look at what it does. Like, here's what's wrong with it. It's, and that... That might be looking too deep, but I don't know. I think that's really important. The reason why we have that side story with Dr. Dr. Malcolm... Right. We see Rorschach's effect on someone else... And a good it, person. A, a good, good person. Yeah. And how it made him worse. Yeah, it destroyed his marriage. It destroyed his faith in people. It destroyed his faith in religion. It literally destroyed everything about him. Um, and that's a shame. And like, literally, he was compared to Nietzsche's abyss metaphor. Yeah. It That's pretty clear if you know how to look at nuance. Yeah, he's... So, that issue is freaking... Oh yeah, that that was a lot more straightforward than previous chapters. Yes, there's there's not a ton of subtext, but it is really good. Yeah, some I mean you don't have to bury something in layers of hidden messages for it to not be conveyed really fucking awesomely yeah. and be like artistic still. And that that's a great thing about this series; it knows when to do it and when not right. to. And then that's why it gives you all the different layers of characters. Like someone like Doctor Manhattan, he tells you egg and Rorschach. They tell you exactly what they're trying to tell you and they hide it behind some like sort of 
fucked up ideology with Rorschach or the time shenanigans with Manhattan, but regardless, they're telling you exactly what they want. Then you have someone like Comedian and Ozymandias where everything they say has a second meaning to it and you don't know. And then you have people like uh, Lori and Dan who are saying what they mean, but it's supposed to be used as almost a mockery of yeah. what they are. Like, yeah, like you said, he chose precisely when to be over the top. And I want to point out that even though this was a straightforward chapter and told you what happened and why, mm -hmm. it's still plenty of imagery and symbolism. Oh, that's the worst and... thing about this podcast and reading it to people is like, I want you to see some of these yeah, panels, oh. like some of this stuff, him standing there with the blood on his chest. Like, look at that face. When we were talking about how the Rorschachs were maybe intentional, look at that face. Yep. That's freaking. Oh yeah. Oh. Like we touch on the imagery every once in a while, but you can have an entire podcast where you don't even talk about the story. You just go panel by panel talking about the imagery. So itself. what you're talking about is when we've run out of ideas and we've done everything, we'll redo this, but not use any of the words. Actually, that maybe it's worth experimenting on chapter <laughs> one just to see if it actually works. Just work. give it a shot, do our own personal one, and then hide it until we maybe release it. That would be pretty good. But yeah. All right. Uh, final thing we do at the end: rank it. Hmm. I feel like. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah. I don't want to penalize it for its straightforward nature. Right. Because it's still really well written and it, well... But it's hard to weigh against some of the stuff we've seen. Yeah, so I'm going to say my gut says 9.5. Okay, it's pretty good. Um, I'm a little more critical of something like this, so I think I'm going to go with maybe... I don't think I'm allowed to go with an 11, so I think I'll just go a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I think I'll just hit that. That's probably what I would think. I, I know I'm kind of holding myself back. I'm a critic. It's fine, but... Definitely a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, doesn't even need the rice. So, <laughs> this has been Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Craig. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.